What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's 3M Open. Awesome stuff last week with Morikawa hoisting the claret jug. Plenty of DMs and messages and things in the Slack about winners. So I picked out a couple to shout out. Number one, Kennedy turned his $240 into $2,857. I love it because he won the $12 single entry. I always love a good single bullet uh, getting the job Done. Andrew, uh, who emailed me, very, very kind, had a Seamus Power outright. I think more than one outright. He just started to get in uh, to golf in 2021. I know a lot of you have as well. Really enjoying everything that's going on. So congratulations. Won about $2,500 there. And then Kobe, which, you know, this, I love this for so many reasons. You know, he had a 36 to 1 ticket on Colin Morikawa. He got it at Circa, a place that I love. 36 to 1. He put down 500 bucks on it, turned it into 18000 Congratulations to everybody. I just picked out a couple of the messages. So stoked from Workout. So stoked for everybody who had great lineups, great tickets, all that good stuff. Congratulations. Um, also, I have uh, winners for subscriptions to rickrungood.com. So as I do each and every week, I give away uh, subscriptions to my site, my data site. Everything that you're going to be seeing in this video is from rickrungood.com. The winners from last week, BS Fishing and B. Kaufman. I have already reached out to both of you to get you all set up. And if you want to enter... For a chance to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button, make sure you're subscribed, and comment below with who you think is going to win this week's 3M Open. The other way and the easier way to win, go leave a five-star rating and review on the iTunes version of this show. Say something nice. Leave me your Twitter handle. I'll put the link in the description and much uh, much fewer people do that. So it is much easier to win. You do them both. You get two chances. And I think that's it. Oh, the other caveat is this. Um, week after a major championship, especially one that was in you know a time zone that was eight hours away from me, uh, I, I try to take it a little bit easy. There's still going to be plenty of content. You're still going to have the DFS preview on Monday, the betting preview on Tuesday, the live chat on Wednesday, the cut sweat show on Friday. That's, one, that's 4 p.m. Eastern time tentatively scheduled, uh, but that might change depending on how the cut starts to shake out. So you're still going to get all that. The only thing you're not going to get uh, fades and sleepers, which we can talk about on the Wednesday live chat as well. Okay. I think that's everything. Let's jump into this week's 3M Open. Here we go. TPC Twin Cities. It's a Arnold Palmer design. It's bent grass green, relatively new course, and uh, we've only seen it uh, host this tournament twice. So we had the 2019 version. Matthew Wolf won that. No. Yeah, Matthew Wolf won that. And 2020, Michael Thompson won it. So we actually did have uh, this event last year. We're running it right back now. Par 71. Um, you know, the the greens do skew a bit larger, 6,500 square feet on average. That's probably on the upper third of the PGA Tour. So they are pretty sizable. Also, um, there's not really much danger out there. You know, if you go look at the flyovers, if you pull up the footage from last year, if you just, there's a million ways you could do this. It's not Lynx style golf, certainly not Lynx, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's kind of considered prairie golf, which is kind of like few trees, kind of wide open over a large area. You will see water come into play on quite a few holes, but scoring overall should be pretty good. And of course, I do have uh, the course key stats, the correlation model, unfortunately, with only two years. 
There's not much here, is there, right? I mean, basically all of these stats are middle of the road. Birdie or better percentage, actually the quote most important, but it is so close between basically every single stat. This is just having a lack of data for this event, not being able to, to truly have, you know, 10 or 12 years to run the numbers. So uh, what I will probably do, Birdie or better is going to be important. You know, I think some of these guys, uh, similar to what we saw in Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic where Cam Davis won, kind of some of these bombers that hit it far and, um, you know, aren't are, are normally losing strokes because they're putting it in spots of bother off the tee. Not too many places you can get into trouble this week. And uh, from what I understand, they have not had much rain at all. So this could be... This could be as firm and fast as they want it to be. Now, of course, they could be dumping water on the course, uh, but it, it's going to play exactly how they want it, and they could firm this thing up if they if they really do intend. Um, so the way that I would kind of look at this, if you just want to look at kind of the last 36 rounds of different different some of these different stats, you know, you look at uh, birdie average for example. Mito Pereira, uh, this is kind of a skewed stat. He only has 10 measured rounds, and four of them were the Barbasol, in which scoring was very very good. But keep that in mind. Pat Kazire is up there, Rafael Campos, MJ Duffy, Adam Shank, certainly making a lot of birdies, but just the best players in this field over the last 36. It should be no surprise that Louis Ustazen is on top of the board. He's been phenomenal. Patrick Reed, Keegan Bradley, Mito's back. Ever since Mito missed the cut, he's been pretty good, right? We'll probably have to talk about him in a little bit. And then uh, Cam Tringale and Stuart Sink rank out, uh, round out the top five or six there. But let's go to the cheat sheet. Let's talk through the pricing and see what we can find for this week. Four golfers over $10,000. Dustin Johnson, Louis Ustase, and Tony Finau, Patrick Reed. I'm still holding my breath um, that we don't see a DJWD or even Louis for that matter or some of these guys that are coming back from England. Um, we'll see. DJ's done this a little bit, just a tiny little bit, um, you know, with like the late Monday afternoon withdrawal. So I'm just going to proceed as normal here, uh, but I'm going to be very tuned in to the news. What do we, what do we see in Dustin Johnson? What do we see about his game right now? Uh, some, some parts of it look really good. Some parts of it look pretty sour. Unfortunately, you know, the RNA did not have, um, strokes gain metrics last week. You know, they didn't even have shot tracker where we could have calculated ourselves. So we are a bit guessing. What I saw is again, similar to what we've been seeing some rounds really good with the driver others. Okay. The approach game kind of sporadic, the putter hit or miss. It does feel like we might be trending towards something, you know, a top 10 at the open championship. That's a great sign for DJ. Does he just blow away this field? I might not be convinced of that yet, but of, you know, the, the, the $10,000 guys or more, would I much rather pay $600 more for, for Dustin Johnson than Tony Finau? Yeah, I, I think, I think I certainly would. Uh, what are we going to do with Louis Ustase and, and, and the rest of these 10 K guys? You know, Louis's been phenomenal. Uh, Louis's making a, a, a ton of birdies. He's in contention seemingly constantly, but now you're getting the full on price for Louis Ustase. do you want to bet that this is probably Let's see. The most expensive he's ever been. I'm not sure that is that much of a stretch. He was 10,800 at the 2020 Sanderson Farms. Oh, and he didn't tee it up. He withdrew. So this is and and he and he's 10,900 this week. So the most expensive we've ever seen Louis Oosthuizen. I think this is uh time to take a break. Say Louis, you've been you've been really good. I'm not sure that this is a course that really um 
plays well for you. I don't think it plays poorly, but now we're at a situation where it's it's not worth the tag. We'll check you out in a couple of weeks as we get into the FedEx Cup playoffs where I think this is going to be a much better situation for you. So that leaves us with Finau and Reed. Uh Finau's kind of interesting. I wish we had, again, I wish we had so bad do I wish we had the metrics from last week um, because I wanted to see if he had fixed that driver. Now, I could go look up how many fairways he hit. That's not a great way to look at it, so I don't even want to go look because I, I might be influenced one way or another, but the fact that he finished 15th coming off of two missed cuts, I think that's really good. Uh, these are the type of events that should play better for him, uh, in my opinion, so this this is kind of an interesting spot to deploy Finau. I want to see how the re- rest of the week uh, shakes out in terms of ownership and what that's going to be, and then it leaves us with Patrick Reed, uh, who missed the cut last week. I think he was fairly popular that people were going to say, okay, he's a big game hunter. Uh, he's ready to rock and roll. He has played this event once. It was two years ago. He finished 23rd. I forgot to mention Tony Finau uh, finished third at this event last year in 2020, 23rd in 2019. So good form there. So I, I would probably focus on Finau and Reed in this range. Obviously we'll keep an eye on ownership. I don't even necessarily mind spending up on DJ. So really the lone guy that I think gets the X, uh, for me, and I think it's just price related. I think it's just price related for Louie. I think he's out for me. Now, the 9K range is, is pretty fascinating, right? So Sergio's in here. He finished 19th at the Open Championship last week. Same same position at the U.S. Open. Basically the same position at the Charles Schwab, his last three PGA events. Uh, Matthew Wolf is here. He has been just uh, all over the place, sometimes good, sometimes bad, uh, since his uh, you know return after taking some time away. So I'm probably focusing on the bottom half of this. Cameron Tringale is really interesting. I want to pull him up. He's $9,500. I want to pull him up here on the golfer profile tool because I don't think people realize just how good he's been. Uh, you know, you look at a, a top 26 last week at the Open Championship, played well at the Rocket Mortgage, finished 14th there, piles up strokes on approach. I do worry that he's a, a constant loser off the tee, which is something that he had he had basically fixed. He was one of the most improved guys from, was it 18 to 19 or 19 to 20? I can't remember, but he added a lot of distance uh, over a one-off season recently. He started gaining a lot more strokes off the tee. So this is a little bit surprising to see because you can see normally, I think it must have been here. It must have been kind of in the summer of 2020. He was really pretty decent with the driver and and he's lost that, which is a little bit of a concern. But if you start to look at, um, you know, some of his other metrics, he's 21st in strokes gained putting. Um, let's see, he's 47th from tee to green, which in this field is going to be a lot better than that. Uh, it's he's, he's 44th in strokes gained approach. Again, that makes him probably top 20 in this field. So maybe better than that. So it's, it's really interesting. And I don't think people realize how good he's been, um, over, over, I don't know, the last year or so, and he finished third here last year. I am not afraid, basically whatsoever, to go back to Cam Davis. This is probably another great spot for him. You know, bomb it without regard. Uh, you know, you can you can find water off the tee. You can find water in some certain situations, but it's fairly safe. I think this is probably a pretty good spot for him. He finished 12th here last year. He had the start since the win. Always good to kind of get that one out of the way. I don't mind rolling Cam Davis out at all here. I actually think he should probably be 9,900 and Sergio should probably be 9,200. A couple other nuggets here. Uh, Emiliano Grillo 
9,300. I would love to live in this Tringale, Grillo, Davis range. I, I think that's a good place to be. If you go over to the Holy Grail and you sort by golfers since the start of 2021 and just sort them by strokes gained total, best players in this field, Louis, number one, Ka- uh, Patrick Reed, number two, then Cameron Tringale, number three. That's important. Uh, then if you just start looking at the $9,000 guys, it goes Tringale, Grillo, who has been better than Dustin Johnson, believe it or not. Um, and I thought I saw, oh yeah, and, here, and here's Cam Davis at 92. So those three guys in the 9K range have been better than Sergio. Uh, Grillo's been better than DJ and Finau. Uh, Tringali's been better than everybody, but Reed and Louie, I believe that is a, a very valuable spot in the pricing. Can you get two of those guys, three of three of those guys in your lineup? If you get three of them, you probably have to start, you have to probably start your lineup there. Uh, but I think it is worth a, a very hard consideration. The AK range, I'm not as excited about, but I do think there's some interesting situations here. Um, you know, and a lot of these guys pop up on my breakout candidates tool, which if, you, if you've never seen, I should show it more often. It's on the trends tool. It's down at the bottom. This essentially looks at uh, how they have, how golfers have been uh, hitting the ball from tee to green and compare it to how they have been putting. And guys that are hitting it from tee to green better than their baseline and are putting it below their baseline are deemed to be breakout candidates with the idea of it's easier to continue the ball striking and you just go back to your baseline. It doesn't mean you have to gain five strokes putting. It just means you go back to your baseline of putting Who's who is in the best uh, situation to benefit from that? And there's a couple of names in this range that I that that pop up. Uh, Keegan Bradley being one of them. Although I do have more concerns around that because, you know, Keegan had looked to figure out. It looked like he was starting to figure out the putter, and then he loses seven combined strokes between the Travelers and the Rocket Mortgage, and we don't have the numbers at the Open Championship, but he did miss the cut there. That to me is a little bit concerning, and it could skew these numbers. But I still think it's 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 a valuable note. Uh, the other things here are, are Stuart Sink, who is 8,700 and uh, has won twice this season and is showing us uh, that the ball striking prowess, the approach game has been stellar. That's kind of interesting. And then Lucas Herbert was in there as well. He's 8,500 and he missed the cut last week as kind of a popular little option at the Open Championship. Still doesn't change the fact that now in four of his last five starts worldwide, he has four top 20s, a win, and a fourth place finish at the Scottish Open, which was a pretty stacked field. So I wouldn't mind going there. Uh, Kazire is interesting if you're looking for someone really, really, really volatile, right? We have seen him fly up the leaderboard on Sundays uh, specifically. But what he can do is he he can catch absolute fire, whether this is a guy you want to deploy in. Um, here he is. Here's his last. Let's, let's, let's fire up his round fours. If you want to deploy him and show down, look at this. His last four round fours, he has gained at least 3.7 strokes on the field. In his in six of his last seven round fours, he has gained at least three strokes on the field. It's actually kind of bonkers, right? It's pretty crazy what he's been doing. Now, if he can put four rounds of that together, uh, you're talking about something that's pretty valuable, but 8,600 is a good sweet spot. I think he's a, a better play for large GPPs trying to win all the money than a lot of the guys that are actually priced up above him. Um, I also don't mind some of these guys that might have played well at, at the Barracuda. You know, Luke List uh, very quietly has now piled up uh, back-to-back 
top five finishes. He played in, in Kentucky last week. That is a, a much easier trip than, than coming back from England. So that's, that's kind of interesting um, there as well. The seven case. Yeah, we're all staring at the same name, right? We're staring at, at, at Libiota. He's 7,900 and arguably was the hottest player in golf, right? Into, well, maybe that's an exaggeration. The hottest player, uh, you know, outside of the big names. Um, and of course, you know, didn't play the Open Championship. But look, look at the turn. You know, this trends tool, right? Some, he has he is on just an upward trajectory in his last five or six starts. Um, he's doing it in a way that I find a little bit concerning, right? It is it is through the short game, but in his last three, he's gained strokes on approach, which is always a great sign. He's been a zero off the tee. This is a pretty good combination. I, I was certainly expecting him with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive cuts made and five of them being top 17s and the last three being top eights to be like $8,900. And I know I said two weeks ago, this is your last chance for Libiota. I know I said last time he played one more go around for him. I think one more go around for him. I, I mean, it, the, he could easily be 8,900. Would you be that surprised if Hank Lebiota was 8,900 with Ricky Fowler and Keegan Bradley? Probably not. I, I, I just think we're getting a, a perfect storm of situations where we probably have to keep playing this guy. It's, it's bonkers. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? The, the, the Mito Pereira thing, you know, I referenced this at the top. He has a very small sample size compared to a, a lot of his peers here because he just came up from that battlefield promotion. But since, um, you know, everybody kind of played him or at least considered him for the rocket mortgage, he missed the cut there was pretty good at the John Deere, right? Gained five and a half strokes from T to green. He was awesome off the tee. I mean, he's piling up big numbers off the tee. Gaining strokes on approach in each of his last two. Finished fifth at Barbasol. I know that is a birdie fest reminiscent of a Corn Ferry Tour event, but isn't this going to kind of be one too, right? Isn't this going to be 20 under par, presumably? So maybe now getting more comfortable each and every week on the PGA Tour. Should be licking his chops. Like, th- I- I'm... I'm ready to be hurt again. Let's go. $7,600 for Mito. And what else do we have here? For these guys, I like to go a lot shorter term. So if we go back to the Holy Grail, if we go strokes gained by tournament and we go since the start of April, right? Just like really kind of shorten this up a little bit and start to look for guys uh, who pop up in the 7K range. Of course, Libiota's there. Mito is number two, small sample size. Snedeker's been much better. He's number three. I'm generally not sold on this guy. You know, it is, I don't know. Finished 19th at the open championship, nearly gained across the board at the rocket mortgage, missed the cut at the travelers. No, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't know. Let's keep going. 7,800 Steve Stricker. Um, Impressive stuff at the John Deere, impressive stuff at the PGA championship. I think those are, Two pretty good situations for him. Maybe not the PGA Championship, but the, his ability to keep it in play at the PGA uh, helps. And then also John Deere is a place he's absolutely dominated, so I'm not not as excited. Johnny Vegas would be next. Finished 11th, losing strokes off the tee at the John Deere. Uh, I imagine he's going to be pretty popular. The rest of the 7K range, I am not. I am not really digging all that much. We'll see if anybody pops up on the. 
uh, on the on the custom model when we roll that up at the end. But my goodness, I'm not sure what they're what what's to be excited about. What let's look at Cam Champ's advanced metrics from John Deere. That would probably be pretty interesting. He actually made a comment that he's playing the best golf of his life, and it was straight off those like you know five missed cuts in a row. Good sign here that he gained a ton of strokes off the tee. Putter kind of saved him a little bit. I'll give him credit. He was zero on approach. I wouldn't mind this. I'm not a big Cam Champ guy because of the really horrible play in some important places that we saw leading up to the John Deere, but I don't like this range. I would almost prefer to try to beat really early on Cam Champ here. If he did find something, if he's going to gain five or six strokes off the tee, he's going to be zero on approach. That right there is valuable and then be a zero putter and see what happens. Like it's not, it's not a bad combination for him. And if he found something, I'm interested in it. It's probably more likely that the T11 at the John Deere is the outlier, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to find out at this price. Um, and, and in a range that I, I don't, I don't think is particularly good. The 6K range is pretty ugly as well. Um, if you want to see something a little bit scary, 6500 bucks to Toshi Kadaira. This guy's an absolute trip. You know, we go back to the Holy Grail. We look at the Barbasol from last week. Kadaira was third in the field in strokes gained ball striking. That is off the tee plus approach. He gained over three shots on approach, gained nearly, excuse me, gained over three off the tee, gained nearly six on approach, 8.8 in ball striking actually for the first time in a while lost strokes putting finished 20th the guys around him in that ball striking category sam Ryder finished third luke list finished fifth mito Pereira finished fifth bo hogue finished 11th so um he was hitting it with guys that ended up near the top of the leaderboard i don't think this is a particularly great spot for him but i'm not sure we have enough data or this court like i also don't think this course is extreme enough you know uh, we talked about detroit golf club being literally if i could build a course for cam davis um it would be Detroit golf club and how flat it is. Or you go to some places and it's, uh, you know, super tight fair. This course just doesn't have any extremes. It's just a, it, to me, it's a very average basic course. So there's not going to be a whole lot of really strong course fit or a lot of guys that I don't think fit the course really well. So I'm, I'm a little bit bearish on Kadira, but at 6,500 bucks in a field like this, you, you, yeah, you can believe that, um, that he has my attention. Kevin Tway is doing something kind of interesting. Three consecutive top 26 finishes, four cuts in a row. Um, when he gets going, he's a really raw, talented guy. And when he gets going, it looks really good. I am not excited. I'm not sprinting there. But if you're super desperate and you need to plug somebody in that is likely to be, what, less than 2% owned, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, opposed to Kevin Tway. I kind of just want to dive into that ball striking thing. So let's just do this. Let's just do since um, I think I still have April 1st in here. Let's just do the best ball strikers. This is off the tee versus approach. And I'm just looking for 6K guys. Michael Gellerman is the first one that pops up. He only has 18 rounds. Wow. Yes, he has been a very good ball striker. Unfortunately, he loses about three or four strokes putting um, seemingly every single week. Who is the next one to pop up? Duffner. Same thing. Pretty good ball striker. How boy, man, he just, I mean, that's really, really bad with the flat stick. West Roach doesn't have as many rounds. He's made four cuts in a row. It's not terribly 6,300. Keith Mitchell, 6,800. 
One, two, three, four, five cuts in a row he's missed. Wow. This is pretty ugly. Russell Knox is 6,900. Yikes. We're seeing a lot of the same stories from these guys. This is, this is, this is pretty garbage, this $6,000 range. We can do this too. Last 36 rounds. Again, I'm just looking for 6K guys. Camilo Vijegas is number one in strokes gained total. The only place, well, he's losing less than a quarter of a stroke off the tee, less than a quarter on the greens. That's not so bad. 6,700. Vincent Whaley still on here. 36 rounds gets, gets back into that really good stretch that he was in. Kadira's third. Vaughn Taylor and Robert Streb. I, 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 I always get a little, little bit worried this is the opposite of having a weapon when you have a really bad flaw. Von Taylor's flaw is the driver loses over a half a stroke uh, per round to the field, does not hit it very far. Streb is kind of the maybe safer, better version of him. Boy, this is really ugly. Yeah. There's probably about five, five or six guys, maybe more than that, a couple more than that, uh, in the 6K range that are gaining strokes over the last 36 rounds, which you certainly can't say for a, a lot of other guys in the $6,000 range. Let's go do a custom model real quick. Uh, now this is actually very hard because there is not a, there is not a clear correlation on this course, right? There's not really anything that gets me super excited. I just described course fit. So I think I'm going to be pretty, pretty basic here. I'm going to do a, um, probably a weighted strokes gain total again. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll do 20 off the tee and 20 on approach, 10 around the green and 10 putting. Uh, so that's 40, 50, 60. I'll also do, um, 20 on birdie or better, which leaves me with 80. And then I'm also going to do, um, you know, three putt avoidance. I don't necessarily like to do this, but on larger greens, I do. So I'm going to put 10 on, on three putt avoidance and I will do. 10 on, let's see. I kind of wanted to do par four scoring. Let's do that. And let's see who this pumps out. Oh boy. Oh, this is going to be a fun week. Pat and Kazai are my number one golfer. Yikes. That's a sentence I can't imagine I would ever say. Here we are. Pat and Kazire. I mean, listen, he... Now I'm going to talk myself into Pat and Kazire. The, the volatility of it is exciting, right? That's exciting. You saw the round four numbers. Let's, let's, let's give him a little bit of credit. Let's go. Let's go look at kind of everything instead of just that round four. Right. And we know, let's see. Actually, what I guess I could do is I could do by round and just do Kazire in the other rounds because I also don't want to be skewed by that round. This is kind of like the opposite of cherry picking. I'm kind of now faulting him. I'm not including his best stuff. I mean, this is still not bad. John Deere Classic, he gained strokes a few each of the first three rounds. Rocket Mortgage, eh. The Memorial, he missed the cut. Palmetto, he missed the cut. Travelers, he missed the cut. Schwab was a little bit better. Gained two out of three there. It's not terrible when I'm removing his worst rounds, like his significantly worst rounds every single every single week. Or his significantly best round. So, I don't know. I got to do a little bit more homework on, on Pat and Kazire, but I do like the volatility. Lee Biot is in there again. I um, 
I tend to agree. I'm shocked he's $7,900. Mav McNeely is 84. I have not done a lot of homework on Mav McNeely. He's always one of the guys that I get so many questions about during the live chat. It's, It's almost like... You know, he's in there shilling people to um, to talk about him. T to green, he's 106 on tour. Off the tee, he's 47th. Approach, he's 159th. That's a little bit concerning, although he has gained strokes on approach in four out of five. He's actually been better in that department. Putter's been red hot. Not the worst thing. Okay. Model, pretty interesting. Reed is four. Ryan Armour, five. Louis, six. Chris Kirk, seven. Johnny Vegas, eight. Kadira, nine, DJ, 10. What I think is kind of interesting about DJ, he's been bad. And he's 10th in this field, in this model that I ran. And his last 36 rounds, or his last 24 rounds, excuse me, have not been good by his own standards, which is kind of, which almost makes me want to play him, right? If I can find a little bit of more value. Also noticeably absent, those 9K guys I really loved. I guess they're, I guess they're here. Grillo is 12th. Tringale is 13th. Interesting. Cam Davis 41st on my model. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Interesting. I'll have to do a, I got to do a lot more homework on some of these guys before I make any final decisions. And of course, ownership is going to drive a lot of that decision-making process. So uh, make sure you join me Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern for the live chat. Rick Rungard YouTube channel, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. That's the Jock Market Power Hour. And then tentatively scheduled 4 p.m. Eastern Friday is the Cut Sweat Show, but that is subject to change. So make sure you're getting notified and you're subscribed so that you know when I go live. All right, I think that's it. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.